the other key is consistency. You know, figuring, you know, if you make a little bit of progress every day or you know, a little progress every week or month or whatever it is, as long as you're making progress and you're consistently chasing whatever goal you have, making it a little bit closer, eventually you're going to get to the level that you want. Hey there. Welcome to episode 16 of The Everyday Marksman. I'm your host, Matt Robertson, a former military officer turned tech sector corporate grunt, outdoors junkie, shooting enthusiast, and most importantly, your friend. Here at The Everyday Marksman, it's all about living that adventurous life through learning tactical skills. Our website is everydaymarksman.co. And there you'll find all of our social links, our blog, our podcast episodes, and community. You can find today's show notes at everydaymarksman.co forward slash 16, the number 16. And as always, if you are pressed for time, then you could jump to the last 10 minutes or so for some of my key takeaways. But don't do that. I've got a good one for you. Before we get into today's excellent interview, I have a couple of listener shout outs. I want to thank Matt, Charlie, and Denny for supporting the show this week. These awesome folks contributed via our support link and are actively involved in helping our community grow. And if you want to contribute, you go to everydaymarksman.co forward slash support. We really do appreciate it. And I also want to share an email I received the other day that nearly brought a tear to my eye. (laughs) Just kidding. Maybe not, though. Here it is. Matt. I don't want to sound gushy, but I've been looking for a blog like yours for a long time. So much of what is out there in the Second Amendment blogiverse is just saturated with fear and hyperbole, and I was craving a blog that helps me become an overall better husband, father, neighbor, particularly in regard to my responsibility to deal with scenarios that I can reasonably anticipate and actually prepare for. And frankly, I just really like guns, gear, and staying fit. Side note, me too. (laughs) One of my resolutions this year is to improve the quality of my reading, specifically to focus on things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. In this regard, your blog is literally an answer to prayer. I will do my best to support and encourage you. Kind regards. When I received this message, I just stopped. I was floored by it. And it only motivates me to do more and even better. Now, in the email, he linked to Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9, which includes the true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy phrase. It's awesome. Highly suggest you go check it out. I'm putting this email in my smiles folder. For days, I need a reminder of just how awesome the Marksman tribe really is. You see, to me, the Everyday Marksman is not just about the blog and a podcast. It's about you. It's about connecting everyday people looking to improve their lives so that we can all together become better husbands, fathers, neighbors, wives, mothers, and citizens. That's why I'm proud of our community. And if you haven't checked it out yet, then definitely come by the website, everydaymarksman.co, and say hi. Now let's talk about today's episode. I am excited for this one. In fact, I think it's the best interview I have done to date. The whole conversation is nothing but a series of knowledge bombs from start to end. And speaking of bombs, 
Our guest is Garrett Glover, and he's an active duty Air Force officer stationed out here in the D.C. area. By trade, Garrett is a missile operations officer in the same career field that I served in, otherwise known as Missileers. And in fact, we have known each other for years, been stationed together, gone through the same schools, taught the same courses, but that's not why I brought Garrett on today. Oh no. What makes Garrett awesome is not just that he's in the nuclear business. It's his impressive ability to balance his time. You see, on top of his very busy military career, he's also working on a second master's degree, has a fiance, raises mastiffs, and is a competitive bodybuilder. On top of all of that, he runs a personal training company trying to help everyday people just like you and me. That is why I wanted to have Garrett on, so we could talk about what it takes to live that healthy lifestyle and keep everything in balance. In this interview, we not only cover great tips for nutrition, exercise, and fat loss, but just good old-fashioned life advice for achieving balance. Let's get to it. Garrett, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. The overall theme that we're going for here is this idea of the well-rounded citizen. So someone who's not necessarily into bodybuilding, they're not trying to be the best best person in the world at working out you know, or um, anything like that, but they want to be healthy and capable across a, a lot of areas. So where do you think we would start on that? In the personal training company, my, my fiance and I own, uh, the majority of our clients are all normal people that are chasing just understanding fitness better and getting in, in moderately better condition. And whether it's for a cruise or it's for, you know, just life in general, so they can play with their kids or whatever the heck. That's kind of the background I have in, in uh, training philosophies and nutrition uh, on a day-to-day basis. So if I was going to recommend one thing, it's understanding uh, basic nutrition, uh, because nutrition is the most important aspect of any of this. And it's the most, at least in America, <laughs> the most uh, undervalued and underappreciated and under misunderstood. It's not complex. Um, the basics of it, but people jump on the fad wagons for different diets, uh, and try to make it as complex as possible. Because what you got to remember, uh, is all those people that are selling these different diets, they're trying to make money. Yeah. Right. So the, it's, it's an industry. If I can get you to buy my book and then buy my meal plan program and then convince you to stay with what I'm doing, yeah. you know, I'm going to make money. At There's it. a ton of different ways to skin the cats. Uh, there's more than one ways to skin that cat. You have to you have to realize that there's there's reasons why you know people are pushing these different diets on you. It's not because they they legitimately think that it's the only way. It's it's the way that they thought of and they were able to monetize. Is there an element that people overcomplicate it for the sake of making Absolutely. someone who's average think, well, you're never going to understand this. So oh, just yeah. listen to me. Yeah, th- just immediately this comes. So we just took a cruise two months ago, um, and there was a guy on the cruise teaching nutrition to this group of cruise goers that uh, probably had never stepped in a weight room of any sort. And I literally filmed this guy because it just blew my mind at how ridiculously over complex he was making the nutrition topic that he was talking about. And again, this, this, the group that he was talking to was lucky to understand what a protein was, right? So I was like, they do not need to know the scientific reasons of how mitochondria work and how it's going to process energy. And it, it, it was so beyond you know, what they needed to discuss. Um, 
So yeah, all that information's out there. If you're, if you're fascinated by nutrition and you want to understand uh, how our bodies process all these different molecules and make energy and all that kind of stuff, you can go learn it, but it's not necessary to develop a good physique. People want to make it complicated because they want you to think that without their help and without purchasing their products, uh, that you're never going to get to the point where you want to be. And the same thing applies to supplements. Yeah. When I was in college, I spent over $12,000 on supplements because I didn't know any better. So what supplements are you taking right now? I use protein powder because it is, makes it easier than eating all the time. Uh, I use some multivitamins to make sure I'm not missing any micronutrients in my diet. And looking back on it, I just laugh at myself and it happens all the time. Everybody's like, Oh, I just went and picked up this new thing at GNC. And I'm like, um, so let's, let's, let's simplify this. And what, what is the thing that people should be doing? Uh, so this is where I'm going to contradict myself. It does get complicated in the sense that you have to understand what works for you. Every single person processes macronutrients differently at different times during their lives. So every single time I prep and I try and diet, I'm going to handle food, different types of food differently because my hormone profile is differently. I age all these, and caveat the whole, like I'm getting older. So my metabolism slowing down, look at the research. It doesn't slow down very much at all. The reality is you're just sitting around a lot more. You know, you're busy, you have kids and food's easier to grab and everything else. Uh, and you're not, you know, when you're in college in those years, you're probably doing a little bit more working out or at least walking around a lot more. Trying to impress the girls. Oh yeah. Got to, <laughs> got to keep the girls interested. And when you're 50, it doesn't matter anymore, right? <laughs> My fiance will be happy to hear that. Um, yeah. So, so the, you know, what I always start with, with my clients is you got to figure out what you're currently doing. Be honest with yourself. What are you actually eating every day? Uh, and then analyze it, you know, figure out, okay, what does that break down into macronutrient wise? And if anybody's not familiar, so macronutrients, proteins, carbs, fats, and then how do I optimize that balance? And how do I change what I'm currently eating to be similar in calories at first, but with a better optimization of those fats, proteins, and carbs. Most people overeat uh, carbohydrates and they overeat fats because they're easy, they taste good. And most people are under eating protein, which is going to be the more essential macronutrient for muscle rebuilding and recovery and everything else. And it can also provide energy just like carbs can. It's just more energy intensive to convert it. Uh, next up would be what food sources are better for you than others? You know, how do you feel when you eat a potato? as opposed to how do you feel when you eat rice? You know, that, that answer probably is going to be different. You're going to feel bloated. You're going to, you know, different, different foods will affect you in different ways. Um, and you have to pay attention uh, enough to yourself and how you, how you feel when you eat those foods to be able to, to answer that for yourself. That's not something somebody can help you do. So a lot of the times when we get new clients, the first several weeks, we only focus on nutrition because, you know, trying to switch your entire lifestyle up and do everything all at once is unrealistic. So just make small changes, small changes. So, you know, the first several weeks we say, okay, you know, after doing all the analysis of what they're currently doing, this is going to be your new diet. And I want you to just focus on it. Go to the grocery store, come back, meal prep some food, you know, get all your, your containers and stuff all lined up. So you know what you're going to do that week and then practice actually bringing your meals with you. It sounds like it's going to be a nightmare and it sounds, you know, such like a hassle, but I've been eating that way for 11 years. Once you get used to it, it's not difficult. And and over time, once you are used to it, when you ever switch back and eat a meal out or kind of what I would tailor as junk food, uh, even if it's from a restaurant, you're, you're going to notice physical changes when you eat that food. You're going to be like, oh, wow, I feel awful. Right. So it's, it's a positive change to make. Is it realistic to do all the time? No, but you know, you're going to eventually want to do something out with friends or whatever, but mm -hmm. that's fine. You know, the, the 90, 10 principle, if you eat 
90% of your meals uh, in a, in, on your meal plan, quote unquote, and 10% of your meals are you know, off, it works. It works. You'll, you'll be able to develop a great physique doing that. For someone like me, and um, full disclosure, I'm kind of cheating and kind of get advice here. <laughs> <laughs> For me, let's say, I'm, let's say I'm average on this, is generally speaking, we cook most of our meals. They're probably going to be done in a slow cooker, mm-hmm. you know, using good quality meat. And, you know, we'll have dinner tonight, and that's also going to be lunch tomorrow. And then we'll make tomorrow's dinner, and that's lunch the next day. Okay. Um, not a lot of alcohol. You that's know, unfortunate. If any, I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the trainer said so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I just, you know, since having a kid, things just kind of feel to creep on. And I know part of that for me is I, uh, snacking. So my company, free snacks mm. all day. I mean, peanut M&Ms, Cheez-Its. And not that I'm in, like eating them all day, but they're there, right? Um, that's my weak point probably is too much snacking. So what would you suggest to someone who's kind of average like me trying to say, all right, how am I going to focus on this? So first thing I would, I would take the word snack out of your vocabulary. Okay. There's meals, right? Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of research that has shown multiple meals throughout the day is probably the, the most beneficial way to eat. Uh, you'll read all sorts of things about the positives of fasting and different things. It depends on what your goals are, um, again, and, and how your body processes stuff and what you're trying to do. Uh, if you're trying to just lower calories overall and you can hold back the urge to binge eat during your window of time where you can eat, fasting may be a great option for you. I'm not saying it doesn't have a place. Uh, for most people, it's a difficult way to successfully get a good physique. One, because you have a limited window in which to eat. Two, because you don't eat for a prolonged period of time and then it's go time. And then it's really hard to limit yourself to the amount of calories you should actually have throughout the day in that window. Uh, there's a great uh, detoxifying aspect to it. Um, but it also limits the amount of time where you're getting nutrients in your body for your body to process them and then to utilize them for muscle repair and everything else. So I don't typically recommend that style. Um, like I said, there are positives to it. Um, but I would highly recommend looking at a, a multiple meal uh, approach per day. Uh, I recommend five meals a day for most people. And those meals should be typically pretty even in calorie distribution. Okay. Uh, and the first thing I would look at, and the first thing I always do with all my clients is make sure they get enough protein in their diet because most people are under eating protein. Um, if you had to guess like a percentage, like what would that? Uh, so, I don't really look at, so I don't eat, I personally don't like looking at calories per se and counting calories. I prefer to count macronutrients because uh, I think it's an easier way to do it and accomplishes essentially the same goal. So for a person, depending on whether they're pursuing a sport where they're trying to, or a lifestyle where they're trying to put on muscle mass or not, that'll vary slightly, but it'll be somewhere between one gram per pound of lean body mass up to potentially two grams per, per pound of lean body mass. Most people, the average person, I would be closer to the one, right? So if you're 200 pounds, uh, 180 pounds of lean body mass, you got 20 pounds of fat on you roughly, um, I'd be eating 180 grams of protein a day. And that doesn't mean getting into weighing protein or macronutrients. Uh, this is always a challenge with clients initially. So you look at the package and you got to do some math, right? So if you look at the package and it says, you got to look at the serving size, figure out the one chicken breast does not mean 26 grams of protein. It probably means there's two serving size per chicken breast. So it's 50 grams of protein per, and that applies to carbs and fats as well, obviously. 
So make sure you understand how to read a, a label. Um, I think so we'll go wrong there. I, like my, I, we joke about it all the time. It's like, well, well, oh yeah, it's one serving is this. And you realize that like a handful is three servings of something that's yeah. just super dense. Mm-hmm. Like almonds, nuts. You know, somebody eats a trail mix thing. You just, you eat a couple handful of trail mix. You had more calories probably in the day than you needed to. <laughs> Uh, it's very, very calorically dense food. Uh, but yeah, so that we've actually had, embarrassingly, some clients go several weeks uh, where we think they've understood it. And then we have them do a detailed food log of what exactly they're eating to make, meet up their macronutrient for each uh, meal. And it's like way off. So so really what we're saying is distribute throughout the day on an even amount and yep. maybe focus on. So one technique I had seen in the past is take that even distribution or just whatever your total for the day is going to be. And the first thing is your protein and then subtract that from your total. And then the rest, you just divide between mm-hmm. fat and carbs. And I'm, I'm well, knowing those are different calorie amounts, I think it's what, four, four calories yeah, per gram. Yeah, so there's four calories per gram and a protein, uh, a gram of protein and a gram of car- carbohydrates. Uh, and there's nine per fat. Uh, and there's seven for alcohol, just so you know. And we'll t- I think we should touch on the alcohol here in a minute. Um, because people ask us how to incorporate alcohol in their diet. Cause reality is most people are going to drink. You're going to tell them not to, or I mean, it's, it's social it's balance. It's, it's like, it's like, I can say, Oh, you go to work and it's like, Oh guys, I'm not drinking, but then they're doing happy hour. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, they're yeah. going to pressure you. The, the, the great part about, and the pain in the ass of social media for clients is I get to see what you're doing and, and you post <laughs> the stupid stuff on stories. And then at the end of the week, when you say you were perfect and on your diet and I saw you eat pizza and go out drinking and you had girls nights and whatever else, it's like, ah, I, I'm not dumb. <laughs> um, but anyway, so back to the the breakup. Yeah. So, so if it's 180 grams of protein, five meals, divide that up 180 grams of protein per meal per day divided by five, that's going to be your meals. Uh, the next thing I'm going to look at is your activity level and figure out how many carbohydrates you should be eating roughly depending on how active you are. And part of that's going to be depending on your metabolism, what you're actually doing throughout the day, how, how physically active you are, uh, and then also what you're currently eating. So that gets back to, you know, you may be somebody that's been overeating for so long. I'm going to have to give you more carbohydrates than I normally would give, give you, uh, based on your activity level, uh, versus maybe you've been eating no carbohydrates your entire you know, adult existence for some, you know, doing keto or something like that. You're going to respond to carbs completely differently. Right. Uh, and people respond to like, again, macronutrients differently. So fun example. So I'm 265 pounds, six foot three. Uh, I eat probably about the same amount of carbohydrates per day as my five foot four fiance because she handles carbohydrates better than I handle them. She processes them and has a higher energy expenditure throughout the day than I do. So it's, you know, it's not always going to be an easy calculation of just looking at somebody and assuming that they're going to be able to eat a certain way. Everybody is shocked at how little I eat. The reality is if I ate what people think I should eat, I would be 350 pounds right now and not a great 350 pounds. Um, so carbohydrates, figuring out what your, what your, uh, energy expenditures throughout the day kind of helps with that. And then, and fats, fats are extremely important, uh, in your, in your diet because they help with hormone op- optimization and they, they help, uh, with a bunch of different processes throughout your body and cells and cell repair and everything else. So you need to have uh, a good amount of healthy fats in your diet. Uh, don't think fats are the enemy, uh, arguably, depending on how active you are, carbohydrates would be the enemy if anything is because they are the only macronutrient you could actually have zero of and your body would function fine. I'm not saying that's the optimal <laughs> way to do it, but I'm saying that is, that is the it's, one it's possible. That is the, that is the one that, uh, you can fluctuate 
uh, and when I do fluctuate, uh, when I'm trying to lose weight. So that's typically the thing I start pulling away from my diet first. So, so maybe you would say like the, the way to kind of organize diet might be to set the protein amount yep. and then set the fat amount that yep. you want to hit and then fill in the rest with carbs. Yeah, essentially. And then, and then fluctuate those carbohydrates based off your, how you're performing. Okay. So something you mentioned a couple of times here, and this is going to lead to the next topic, but you've mentioned activity level. So when you're talking about someone's activity level, how does you rate that? Like when someone says, oh, I'm I, I, just personal observation and probably this applies to me just as much. People tend to over, overestimate their activity sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what actually constitutes like a medium or a high or a low activity level? So again, it's going to depend on the person, right? Because not everybody's going to respond to activity the same. Uh, their body's not going to necessarily burn the same amount of calories from a given activity. And depending on how efficient your body has become at certain activities, it'll burn less. So take a marathon runner, for example, you, you go tell them to run 20 miles, that's going to affect their body a lot differently and burn a lot less energy than if I went and ran 20 miles, which I would not be able to make it 20 miles. So I, I would be dead. But <laughs> <Me too. laughs> uh, so you got to cal- calculate into that uh, or take that into account. It, it's just overall analysis of their lifestyle, right? So if they're working at a desk, 90% of their work day and getting up briefly during periods, I'm going to categorize them as, as a low activity individual. If, if they're, if they're going to the gym for two hours a day and then the rest of the time is sitting at a desk, they're still probably pretty low. And, and that I would put myself in that category. Like oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, it, the reality is I'd love to be doing more stuff, but we have jobs and we have to be sitting for the majority of them, but things, things that you can do to increase that activity level are, are simple. You know, the, the standing desks have become kind of a fad. Uh, that yeah. is, that is actually a, a, a pretty big increase in the amount of energy your has to, your body has to expend uh, if you're standing just the to, entire day, just to stand up. Yep. So it's uh, funny cause my company actually has, everybody has a standing desk or the sit to stand motorized one. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I don't leverage as much as I used to. So probably should. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a hassle. I hate it <laughs> standing up all day. Um, but it actually, it does, those little things do make a difference. So uh, I'm not saying it's going to make a, a drastic <laughs> difference, but if everything else is 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 lined up and, and the difference is standing versus not standing, that's a couple extra hundred calories a day, right? It uh, doesn't mean you can go eat extra M&Ms, but because uh, <laughs> a couple of M&Ms, you already ate those hundred calories. Yeah. Uh, but those those little things do add up. Same thing with my, my fiance still teases me about this, but I never park up close to things. You know, I, I park further back in the parking lot. That way I'm not worried about people hitting my car because they're, jerks around here um <laughs> but, nova life yeah but uh you know the, that extra 50 yards that i w- gotta walk into every building that, that the little things like that add up they don't seem like they will but it's making a conscious choice of not necessarily taking the easy route every time so when so that's you know so what does it mean to get to high levels then someone who's high so active. somebody that i would classify in a high level of activity per day uh is typically going to be like the construction worker would be a good example. Are you out pounding nails into things, building roofs, uh, constantly doing hard manual labor, uh, potentially a you know a firefighter, depending you know that kind of it, it could be depending on uh, where you're stationed and what you're doing. Um, you know, mechanic labor. You know, those those labor intensive blue collar type jobs are going to probably mean that you're burning significantly more calories and. You know, the main difference on that is how much food do I have to give you so you have energy to do that because uh, you're going to be burning more calories throughout the day. And then secondly, if I am going to incorporate a training program, uh, you know, that individual, if I have them do 30 minutes of incline treadmill walking, is going to get very minimal out of that. 
right? That's not going to burn a significant amount of calories for them and make a big difference because their energy expenditure throughout the day is already massive. Whereas I go put you on a treadmill for 30 minutes, it's going to be a much bigger difference in your, your daily lifestyle. Uh, so taking all that into account when we start talking programming and training progression and all that kind of stuff is going to be important. Okay. And that's actually the next thing we're going into. So that was a nice, nice transition. <laughs> Look at that. It's like I planned it that way. <laughs> so we're talking in fitness planning. So we, we get nutrition's like the number, the number one thing we need to be concerned with. And we need to be honest about our activity levels. Most of us are probably lower than we think. So when it comes time to, let's say we get our nutrition, we are trying to make little, little gains in our activity level, but it's time to train. Mm-hmm. Where do people go wrong with training? On one side of the spectrum, you know, some people... Uh, especially the younger crowd has, has uh, pursued this whole concept of, oh, you know, I got to go change up my workouts every other day and my body's not going to respond unless I'm, I'm throwing new stuff at it and all this kind of stuff. They overcomplicate it. Your body is not going to adapt that quickly. Uh, it's still going to have to put out work if you're making it put out work. Uh, on the flip side, training intensity uh, by most people in the gym is abysmal. The cell phone Instagram epidemic that we currently live in uh, and everybody's taking their selfies and checking their phone all the time. I, I thought it was called a swolfy in the gym. I, yeah, it's definitely a swolfy <laughs> in the gym. Uh, but that mentality just simply is going to lead to suboptimal results. You're not putting out the effort. Just talk, you mentioned intensity there. So like, what does intensity mean? Intense. I mean, you can define it in multiple ways, but intensity is basically like how, how hard are you pushing your body? You know, how f- focused are you uh, at engaging muscles to do a task? And, and part of that gets in the mind muscle connection. Part of that gets into just, you know, internal focus and drive to, to push some weight. It's digging deep and, and doing those extra couple sets when it gets hard. Uh, there's so many people at the gym that just, you know, end the set as soon as their muscle gets a little bit tired. And, and that, that is not going to, if you're not pushing your body uh, beyond that threshold in which it actually has to adapt and overcome and, and repair itself larger than it previously was so it can can do that, what you're, you know, what the demand is you're putting on it, then it's never going to adapt and, and grow, uh, whether you're looking for muscle size or strength or whatever. Uh, so you really got to push yourself. So you mentioned the Instagram thing. It reminds me, you know, people do like, all right, well, my, my set, I do, I do three sets, three sets of 10. And in between each set, they're probably on their phone scrolling around for like four or five minutes. So first by taking your mind out of the gym and going back on your phone during that break, uh, you're not going to have the same level of intensity right off the bat because you're, you're, you know, if you, if you fully commit to, Hey, I'm training for this next hour and I'm focused and I'm trying to push myself and, and get better, uh, pulling your head out of that mindset in between your sets and looking at stuff on Instagram, whatever is exciting. Uh, you're not going to have the same level of training intensity. You're not going to, you can't flip your switch back on, on and off, you know, 50 times throughout a workout and expect that you're going to have a good workout. Uh, it's just a simply different ballgame. You're never going to see somebody that's actually a competitive athlete of any kind of note going into the gym and playing on their phone in between sets. It just, you can't train that way uh, and actually, you know, push yourself. So another, another problem I have with the whole concept of, of, you know, three sets of 10 and then you take breaks in between is limiting yourself to a particular number. Uh, most people, you know, that, that lends itself to, uh, not putting out the intensity that you need to put out because chances are you're just counting to 10 and then you're done. Right. All the time people ask me, you know, what my periodization is or, or how many sets of what do I do and all. And, and I haven't counted sets or reps in probably seven years uh, because it doesn't matter. Uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm trying to place a demand on my muscles. Um, and when I reach the level of demand that I can handle, um, and I'm, and I'm physically exhausted, that's when the set ends. So does that mean like go to failure for every set? No. Uh, and the, uh, definition of failure is going to change drastically depending on how you want to define that. So I would say, uh, the appropriate time to end a set is when your uh, ability to perform each rep deteriorates uh, from a uh, uh, performing it correctly type of. So, so like when I think failure, I think like, all right, I'm doing, if I'm doing like a bench press and a dumbbells, you know, and then I can no longer push it any higher, but I don't want to put it down until I just keep holding it until finally I just collapse versus the, I hit a certain point where, I know I can't lift this up safely again. In in my mind, uh, the set should end for most people uh, when their ability to move it in a optimal way uh, without uh, recruiting all sorts of different muscles, aka your shoulders and everything else into the movement. Cheater reps, pretty much. Right. Um, You end it then uh, when you know you can't do another set with correct form. Um, there's a benefit to working out with somebody that knows what they're doing, uh, whether it's a personal trainer or a friend that's been in the gym, have them help you figure out what it feels like to know that you're done, <laughs> that, that you've reached that, that you've properly executed the movement as much as you can. And then you, you can't do another rep without failure. Okay. Um, and that, that is where you should be ending your sets. Okay. So that means that's training with intensity. That's training correctly. Mm-hmm. I forgot where I read this thing, but it talked about the five basic human movements, right? Pushing mm-hmm. and pulling horizontal, vertical squatting and hinging. How do we organize? Like what does it look like to actually program together lifts? So it depends on, on again, goals. So, um, understanding that our audience is, is, some, uh, somebody is fighting for time that probably doesn't have the ability to work out every single day. Uh, and understanding that their goal is probably just overall fitness as opposed to muscle hypertrophy is going to change my answer. You can achieve a good physique uh, by working out with weight three days a week. Uh, going up from there is great within reason, uh, but three days is enough. You can put demand on your body. If you go in the gym for three days a week, an hour-ish a day, uh, that's going to be enough if you actually train during that hour. You know, If 45 minutes of that is you on your phone, suddenly it's not. Um, and then figuring out If it's only three days a week, how am I going to hit my muscle groups, all of them over those three days uh, and prioritize the ones that you are most lacking in? So most people have a favorite muscle group. They they like training something, uh, whether it's your back, your chest, biceps, whatever it is. Uh, That should not be your first thing that you train. Figure out what you suck at the most or a good way of noticing what you suck at the most is what you hate training. Uh, For most men, it's legs. Um, and then go from there. So if I was going to do a three day a week split, I would focus on, uh, legs on the middle day. Um, and then I would split the, uh, the rest of the body parts on, on, uh, uh, Monday and Friday, if it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday type thing. Would you say three is at the floor? Could someone do two? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can always go less. Um, but there's a balance of, uh, I don't want to say it becomes not worth it. If you can only go once a week, do the once a week. Um, so it's just going to speed up results the more often you can go. You know, putting on more muscle mass means your your body's burning more calories in the time that it's not in the gym because it has to feed the muscle. You know, you know if I was going to prioritize uh, weight training versus cardio, uh, I would always prioritize the, the weight training first because you will burn more calories overall by working out with the weights long term. Um, so that's an important aspect. A lot, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to lose some 
some fat. Uh, I'm going to go hop on the treadmill for an hour, three times a week. Well, you'd actually get more out of training hard with weights. So it's three hours a week. Um, if you have more time to give beyond that, you know, there's going to be a, a cost benefit to how much more time you do with weights. So if you have two hours a day, three days a week, then, okay, do an hour of weights, get that, that, uh, an- anaerobic, uh, muscle building work done and then do some aerobic at the end. You should always train with weights before you do your cardio, unless your priority is specifically to get faster or something like that, then you, then you would do your, your cardio first. So we've talked a lot about good nutrition and solid workout plans, and it sounds like it's a, it's a really good program, but people have really busy lives. So what do you suggest for the average Joe who is also trying to balance a nine to five and a family and hobbies and everything else he has to go in? How is he going to fit all this stuff in? You know, everybody has busy lives demands on their time. So the key is learning basic time management and trying to figure out what are my priorities during the day? Uh, where am I going to get the most bang for my buck? What can I do to, to make sure that I get done, you know, seven of the 10 things I have to get done today and then prioritize the next three to, to knock them out the next day. So tell me, how does this fit into your life? What does it look like for you? Uh, so right now I'm on a rotating schedule for work. Uh, so it kind of depends on the day. Our command center works 24 hour day, uh, you know, hours in the day and we work eight hour shifts. So it rotates six days on four days off. Um, you know, so one, one string of days will be working from 9 PM to 5 AM and the next will be 5 AM to 1 PM and so on and so forth. So it's very hard to get like a set schedule. So I got to manage that, uh, along with, um, uh, finishing up a, a second master's degree, right now at Harvard, which is a, a big suck on my time, along with a company and then keeping my own fitness up to date, well, along with three, three Mastiffs at home and everything else. So, uh, you know, it's definitely a busy schedule, but you know, each day I just kind of list what I have to get done that day. What, what are my priorities, you know, and figure out, all right, so if I have a final in, in my, one of my exams next week, which is the case, and that's what I'm doing today, other than this, uh, making sure that I, I knock that out. And then, you know, the next, you know, kind of work my way down the list. So I got to get that done today, but maybe once that final's done, then I got a couple of weeks off so I can really focus back on, on training and nutrition and everything else. Uh, you know, whereas if I was in the, a contest prep scenario for a bodybuilding show, you know, that has to be my number one priority, right? So not everything in your life has to take number one precedence every single day, every single hour. It's a realization of what can you do when can you get it done? Because the reality is everybody's busy. People find time to make these things, you know, whatever's important to them, they will find time to get done. So you just have to prioritize it. So then come back to how we program all this in. We should probably touch on this real quick. So uh, one huge mistake that people make when they're trying to lose weight is they try and do everything at once. Uh, So they say, hey, I got, you know, 10 weeks until my event, wedding, whatever, uh, that I'm trying to get in shape for. So I am going to go from eating... 3000 calories a day of junk food to I'm going to eat 1500 calories a day and it's all going to be clean. And I'm going to do two hours of cardio a day and I'm going to weight train with weights and they're going to either fall off the wagon really quickly or the, the progress will stall. So they'll make great progress for a couple of weeks and then it'll be done. (laughs) Um, so you have to do this stuff in a progressive way. Uh, and that allows you to go somewhere. So if we're just talking about weight loss, uh, Go to the gym three days a week, set a baseline, you know, start doing that, get your nutrition in order, eat roughly the same amount of calories you're currently eating, just make them healthy calories, uh, get rid of all the junk food, and just doing that, you'll start making progress. 
Okay. So the first week you may actually drop a lot of our clients drop 10 pounds in the first week and they're like, Oh my God. Well, a lot of that's water weight because yeah. you're, you're now not eating junk food. That's making you hold water and everything else, but it still feels good to lose weight, right? Yeah. Still motivating, still motivating. Uh, and then slowly make progress from there. So, uh, if we're working with like a 10 week time frame, you're only going to make changes as you need to. So, uh, take pictures, uh, once a week, at least, um, wearing the same clothing in the same, uh, lighting conditions, same location, hopefully same time of day, all that kind of stuff. So you can make accurate gauges as to what your progress is. Cause that is going to be your best indicator. Uh, you can do DEXA scans and bod pods. I will argue that they are not very accurate. They most, even the, the accurate ones are, uh, have a trouble distinguishing between water and your cells and fat, uh, and are you know, accurate and somewhere in the plus or minus two to 3% body fat. So if you're talking about a 6% window of body fat, it's pretty hard to make accurate gauges on that. Uh, uh, same thing with scales. So scales, we, we take, <laughs> we take our female clients like off the scale, uh, most of the time because they get themselves in the head as they're putting on muscle mass that they're getting fatter, even though they're getting substantially leaner, their clothes are fitting looser, but they can't get it through their head that if the scale's going up, that's just the end of the world for most female clients and some males. Um, so use the scale sparingly use pictures, uh, and then just make, like I said, uh, small adjustments. You know, if you're doing it yourself, take a picture a week later, you've done your three workouts, you've eaten healthy, uh, take another picture. If you like the results, if you're making positive changes, go another week. If, if we go to the point where you're not, um, you know, making progress, then that's when you make a slight adjustment. You take 200 calories out of your diet. You don't take a thousand out of your diet. You know, at, at some point if you start making those drastic leaps, uh, you know, if you're doing an hour or two of cardio every single day and you're weight training and you're eating 1500 calories, what are you going to do next when it stalls? Like you, you're not going to 1200 calories and a thousand calories and 800 calories, you know, at some point you're just going to die. <laughs> so that's, that's the biggest problem I see all the time with people trying to diet on their own as they just don't understand the concept of of slow, steady, small changes will lead to results. All right, Garrett. So this is a question I ask to everybody. You can take your time to answer it. What is something that you wish people would stop doing immediately? Oh, uh, I would say, and I'm guilty of it too, but social media, man, I, like it's, it's fun to go get your attention and whatever else that you need to post your pictures and stuff. But I really think, uh, social media specifically in the gym, uh, or, I mean, it, it, you, you could, uh, extrapolate it to everything. Like there's nothing more depressing than going to dinner and looking at the table next to you and seeing, seeing a couple, both of them are on their phones and scrolling on whatever website. And so we were, we were just getting, uh, trained on, suicides in the military. And this has been a terrible year for suicides in the military. Uh, and I have a theory, uh, I can't back it up with any proof, but I think a lot of that is people don't feel connected to anyone anymore. They look for attention on online platforms and, and don't actually have any real interpersonal connections anymore. Um, there's no support networks or like one, one, one thing I used to hear was, especially with social media is that you end up comparing your behind the scenes, other people's highlight reels or their fake life. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. God, people post all day about how amazing their life is. And then like you find out behind the scenes that they were just in like rehab or they, you know, uh, tried to commit suicide three days ago or whatever the heck. Like, yeah. You, 
social media just shows you the pinnacle of, of what these people, you know, pick whatever fitness model. They don't look like that year round. They're not at 4% body fat year round. Chances are they just took a ton of pictures when they were, and then they post them throughout the rest of the year. Right. So don't, don't get down on it. It's the same stuff with, with magazines, uh, or, you know, Photoshop is a real thing. Marvel right. Movies. Yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> just realize that nobody has a perfect life. Uh, whatever they portray on social media is what they want you to see. Um, and, and yeah, just spend less time. I'm not saying don't use it, but it's a balance thing. It gets back to what we were talking about earlier, balance in your life, right? So spend some quality time, meet some people in real life, uh, that actually may develop feelings and care about you <laughs> and don't just rely on these, these hollow relationships and, uh, friendships online where you don't actually ever see the person. It's just not, it's not real. All right. That is a plus advice right there. All right, Garrett. So I've really enjoyed this conversation. If people want to get a hold of you or find out more, where can they find you? Uh, so you can either find me on Instagram. Uh, uh, that's probably the ironically after we just <laughs> talked about that. Uh, but yeah, Instagram is probably the easiest. Uh, the handles lift more L I F T A M O R. Uh, we also run the personal training company, uh, and, uh, our website's gmgphysiques.com. Um, so you can look us up on either of those sites. We also have a uh, Greek underscore physiques underscore coaching on our Instagram as well. Uh, those are probably the easiest contacts. Uh, if you have any further questions, we'd be happy to help you. All right. Well, Garrett, thank you very much for coming out today. Happy to be here, man. Appreciate it. All right, let's talk about my three key takeaways from this interview. And now there was a lot of information in here, so picking down to just three is actually kind of difficult. So these might be kind of thorough, but let's see what they got. Number one, don't overcomplicate it. Number two, focus on nutrition first. And number three, be okay with setbacks. Let's get a little bit more detail here. So number one, don't overcomplicate it. I love the story at the beginning of the interview where Garrett's talking about being on a cruise and going to some nutrition seminar and seeing this guy talk way over the heads of the people in the audience, talking into mitochondrial metabolism and protein, all these things. Now, if you're a nerd like me, you, you love reading this stuff and you want to learn about it. But Garrett made the point, and I agree, that you don't need to know that as a beginner just to start being healthy. That's actually making things too complicated, and you're less likely to get involved. And he used another good example here of people who write nutrition plans and training programs and make it complicated so that you think you can't do it without their help. The truth is, it's all really simple. Eat real food, not too much, get a good exercise program, and be consistent. Now that gets to the second point to me is focus on nutrition. Garrett made the point that everything starts with nutrition. If you don't fuel your body correctly with real food, then you're never going to get that kind of success that you want. And I struggle with this all the time. My office has free snacks and M&Ms and Cheez-Its and plantain chips and coffee. And it, it's a struggle to stay on track sometimes. But the truth is, garbage in, garbage out. If you feed your body dirty fuel, you're going to get dirty emissions. 
So focus on nutrition and don't overcomplicate it. He also mentioned a point here that I thought was really good, which was be aware of how your body reacts to things. A lot of people try these one-size-fits-all nutrition programs like keto or paleo or vegan or any of these like hyper-specialized programs, and it causes problems because it's one-size-fits-all. The best way to do it is to actually experiment and see what works for you. Now, with your nutrition program, one thing that he suggested I thought was really good was start with your protein. If you're trying to figure out how much throughout the day you should eat, start with your protein. Once you know your protein, then figure out your fat. That should be some other percentage of it. And then the remainder, fill with carbs. Carbs are the only macronutrient that you can survive without eating. Your body will handle the rest. So I thought that was a really interesting point. He made a point in the interview I thought was good where he's talking about it takes more energy to digest protein than it does for carbs or fat. So if your goal is fat loss and you're trying to maximize your calorie burn, there is an argument there for eating extra protein. Don't go crazy with it, though. Now, point number three is be okay with setbacks. Uh, The later part of the interview, we're talking about finding balance in your life. And Garrett has a really busy life. I have a busy life. You have a busy life. And he made the point, which again, I totally agree with, is just have to use time management. You have to prioritize. If I've got 10 things to do today, all right, let's list them out. Most important, least important. If I only get through seven of them before I run out of time during the day, that's okay. We'll get to the other three the next day and we'll just keep going and plugging. At the same time, your priorities need to change. If everything is important all the time, then nothing is important ever. So change your priorities. If today the most important thing in your life is your family, then focus on your family. If tomorrow you've got some major project you have to take care of, then get it done and focus on the next most important thing. All right, that's going to wrap up my key takeaways from this interview. I hope you really enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed it. Uh, I hope to work with Garrett on some more stuff in the future. So make sure you come by the website, everydaymarksman.co forward slash 16 for today's episode and leave a comment. Let Garrett know. And before I go, a couple things. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate each and every listener I get in the show. If you want to help me out, there's a couple of things you could do, and I'm going to base this on where you're at in your journey with me. So number one, if you are brand new, is this, if this is your first episode ever, well, thank you. I would appreciate if you went ahead and smashed that subscribe button and kept listening to a few more. If you have listened to a few more, then do me one better. Share it with a friend. Let somebody else know you found my podcast, you found the website, and share it. I love to hear word-of-mouth stories about how someone found it through something else. Now, if you've already done that, then come on by the website, subscribe, join our community, and contribute. Contribute to the site so that we can keep making great content, bringing people on, and keep growing what we got going on here. So you can come by the website, everydaymarksman.co. And if you want to support us, it's everydaymarksman.co forward slash support. All right, that is it for me, tribe. I will catch you next time. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you around.